What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Sports Gamble Ramble. SGR 103 here, breaking down week three in the NFL. Of course, before we jump into the week three lines, we've got to recap our previous action from week two and the season on the whole. I am keeping track of all my records here. Lost a little bit of momentum last week after just coming out of the gates red hot in week one. Um, so the numbers right now, let's run through them real quick here. Last week, on our game picks, we went seven and nine against the spread, which brought us to a season total of nineteen and thirteen against the spread. Uh, we went nine and seven on our over unders. Season total is now twenty two and ten on over unders. So still uh, very profitable percentages on both uh, pick accounts. There, as far as our top picks last week uh, in week two of the NFL season, we went one and two against the spread, which was disappointing. Still four and two on the season season after going 3-0 and in week one. As far as our over-under picks, top picks of the week, 2-1 and one in week two, now 5-1 and one on the season, so we're looking pretty good there. And as far as the underdogs, we hit two out of our three live dog upsets in week two. Uh, went and cashed out on the New York Jets, that epic comeback over the Cleveland Browns, and then the Arizona Cardinals giving us some more drama in the 430 window there, uh, that ending against the Raiders in overtime also fucking wild so two and one on dogs in week two now three and three on upset picks uh throughout the season here so not bad not bad could be better last week not gonna lie little frustrating um went six and nine on gambling picks last week after an eight and oh week one so now our season total is 14 and nine on official gambling picks given out on the instagram account here which again profitable percentages um but you know really built a huge lead in week one and kind of um, stumbled a bit last week. So let's see if we can get back on track, right? Um, that's about it for my numbers here. You know, I'm not going to waste time going over the Thursday night game. Um, disappointing ending for me as a guy who is on the Steelers plus four and a half. So we are 0-1 so far going into this week on game picks. And, um, you know, there's there's not really much to say except for let's see if we can, we can do better uh, the rest of the week. So, you know, let's get into it. The first game that I'm going to break down here is the Bills and Dolphins. I'm actually going to take that back. Before we get into our Bills-Dolphins preview and all 16 game picks here, I want to give you guys some general trends that I found going into week three as far as historically angles you want to look to play on in week three. Um, a big angle is actually to bet on teams that have not won a game yet. It, it sounds ridiculous, but this, you know, a large part of gambling is the whole reverse psychology side of it. Uh, since 2010, winless teams facing a team with at least one win have gone 45 29 and one against the spread in week three that is a 60.8 percent cover rate uh, teams that fit that trend this week the panthers falcons colts broncos and Bengals. on top of that underdogs during games with totals lower than 42 um, are now 89 55 and four against the spread uh, since 2018. So there are some matchups here um, where underdogs in lower scoring games are going to be profitable, and especially throughout the first eight weeks of the regular season since 2018, uh, those situations are 43, 22, and 1 against the spread. That's a 66.2% hit rate. So teams that are underdogs with over-unders of 42 or lower here that fit that trend are going to be the Panthers, Texans, 
Packers, and Cowboys as of time of recording. So these are trends that I'm going to be referencing throughout the episode. Uh, Also, real quick, just in general over the course of the first two weeks of this season, um, teams that have gotten a public majority of the bets are now 11, 18, and 1 against the spread, and teams with 60% or more of the public action are just 2 and 10 against the spread. So that kind of supports some of the angles that I've put out there as far as the reverse psychology method methods and being willing to fade the public and play some of those, you know, contrarian thought patterns here. So um, did just want to include some of that knowledge here before we get into the episode. I will be reminding you guys, you know, which games fit, what trends, things like that, like I always do. But that is a little bit of general knowledge. And now we are ready to break down the Bills and Dolphins. So this Sunday, we have a divisional matchup in one of uh, the more maybe surprisingly sexy matchups of week three here. I'm not sure what the public expectations were exactly for this Dolphins team over the course of the summer, because I know that Mike McDaniel as a head coach, some people knew absolutely nothing about him. Some people like myself were, you know, really kind of intrigued and, and enthused about what this Dolphins offense would look like. You know, I talked about it a lot on my Dolphins preview and throughout the entire summer here I was really excited to see what you know this this cast of weapons with all that speed on the outside would do and you know I was really excited about McDaniel's scheme in general um, it, we saw what it could do last week in Baltimore. I don't want to overreact to just one game because, you know, a, a lot had to happen for that comeback to come together. The Ravens had to blow a 21-point fourth-quarter lead, and, and part of that is certainly on their defense. But it, it does show you the potential that this Dolphins offense does have and the ceiling that they have, and they can be very explosive. You know, these wide receivers, some of them are running wide open down the field, and they are very, very fast. So... Um, I'm actually going to be that sick fuck to, uh, to pick against the bills and I'm considering betting against them this week. I did it last week with the Titans and it blew up in my face. This, the, the Titans not to get on too much of a tangent, they could be in some serious trouble. That offense looks flat out bad, but you know, back to Buffalo, it it is really hard to bet against them right now. I totally understand. They undisputedly look like the best team in the NFL. There are some other teams that have shown, some pretty high potential this season and um, the Chiefs still look solid as fuck. So let's not like just disregard them. But Buffalo, clearly the favorite right now and everyone's pick for the Super Bowl. It's for good reason. But um, here's a reason why you might want to, you know, again, play a little bit of a contrarian spot this weekend. Um, Buffalo throughout the first two weeks of the season are winning uh, these football games outright by an average margin of 28 points. And they're covering these games by an average margin of 22 points per game. Um, Since the year 2000, there have been four teams that have both won and covered by a margin of 20 or more points throughout the first two weeks of the season. Uh, Those four teams, 0-4 against the spread in week three that year. So it's a situation where, you know, we're seeing just an ungodly amount of hype on Buffalo right now, and it is difficult to bet against them. But if you look at the situation here, this Dolphins team can really make a statement with a strong performance here and show everyone that it was not a fluke up in Baltimore this past weekend. And that's kind of where my gut leans here. You also have to consider it is in Miami, and we've seen these northern teams from cold weather cities struggle to go down and play in the Florida heat and humidity, especially early in the season. You know, these Florida teams get off to a hot start with that home field advantage uh, where maybe these 
these road teams, the conditioning just isn't there in September to play in 90% humidity like it's going to be Sunday in Miami. Um, the Bills, I will say, 14-7 uh, and seven, uh, straight up since the start of last season, and all 14 wins have come by 12 or more points. So it looks like um, when, they're, when they're winning, they're covering, and they're blowing teams out. I, I don't see this being a blowout. I think that this Dolphins offense... Um, I think it's going to take the league some time to catch up to what they're doing, and I'm not sure there's enough film out there right now for Buffalo to dominate on the defensive side of the ball like they did against, let's face it, a Rams team that had a lot of issues, specifically on the O-line there. And the Titans, I mean, this Titans offense might be very, very, very bad, so I get it that the Bills' defense is very good, but... I just don't think they're going to blow out every team. And if I'm getting, you know, five and a half, six and a half points here, opened at six and a half earlier in the season and has dropped down to five and a half here Friday afternoon, I would expect this to go back up to six and a half by game time on Sunday due to some public money coming in Sunday morning. But yeah, I'll take the I'll take the points with the Dolphins here. I'm not afraid to say it. I believe in the Dolphins. I, I didn't want to overreact to last week. I was getting ready to bet against the Dolphins here pretty blindly after that miraculous, um, you know, emotional comeback win last weekend. Um, but then I saw this spread and the number and just everything in my gut is telling me to take the divisional dog at home here with a northern team coming in. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, yeah, I, I feel pretty good about this one too, honestly. It's, it's just tough to bet against Buffalo, but... Everything about this line and the situation says I'll take Miami. Uh, I'd rather have it at six and a half than five and a half, obviously, here. And I think that line does move up. So maybe uh, maybe shop around this weekend if you have the stones here for this one. But my official pick, Miami, uh, plus five and a half. Next game we're going to cover here is the Packers at the Bucks. We're going to uh, start off with a couple back-to-back matchups down in Florida. And I think the Heat could be a factor in this one, too. Uh, the Buccaneers currently sitting as a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Line open two-and-a-half, I believe, as the Packers are getting some money early in the week here. Over-unders 41-and-a-half, extremely low for a Brady-Rodgers matchup. But we've seen these two offenses uh, struggle slash you know, play relatively conservatively. Both teams, honestly, wide receiver cores and offensive lines, super banged up. It's funny, these these two teams kind of off to similar starts so far and, and similar situations as far as the, the injuries. You know, the, the I guess maybe Green Bay's receivers are healthy, but they don't have Adams, and it's kind of like an unclear cast of role players there. Lazard's been on and off the injury report. Believe he played last Sunday, should be good to go this weekend as well. But um, the O-line there with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, you know, in and out of the lineup. Bakhtiari still not to play this year. And then Tampa Bay, Donovan Smith injured. You know, they've been cycling. You know, they I think they've lost three guards between this offseason and training camp due to either free agency or injury or retirement even. Um, starting centers out. Not to ramble here. It's, it's interesting how these two teams kind of are mirroring each other right now. Um, my pick's going to be the Bucks here, and I flip-flopped on this. I started the weekend or the week really saying, give me uh, Green Bay. But I'm noticing the public is on Green Bay here, and that's one of our trends here as far as uh, you know, teams getting 60% of the action or more 2-10 and 10 against the spread so far this season, and, and public majority sides 11-18 and 18 and 1 against the spread this season. I, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the Bucks here. I don't think I'll bet this one. Um, difficult matchup. Think, do think it will be low scoring? Do think it will be a slugfest? Um, for me, a little bit of an advantage in the f- fact that I think the Bucks are still able to run the ball very, very well. And that's not that that's not true for Green Bay, but um, Green Bay's run defense, I think that the Bucks can run the ball on Green Bay and they will effectively in this game. And as far as Green Bay being able to do the same on the flip side, because they're clearly a run first offense right now, like the days of Rodgers airing it out for 45 touchdowns, probably gone at this point. Um, Tampa Bay's run defense is just super stout there with, with Vita Vea and Akeem Hicks and guys like that plugging it up. They got some linebackers that can really flow with Levante David and uh, Devin White. So uh, I'm going to take the advantage in the trenches, in my opinion, here with the Buccaneers to be able to handle this one at home. I mentioned Florida team home in September against a team from Wisconsin. If I'm the Buccaneers, I'm making Green Bay wear their dark green uniforms in the Florida sun. That's just a no-brainer. Um, Aaron Rodgers in his career, 29-23-2 against the spread as an underdog. But in the first month of the season as an underdog, he's just 3 and, excuse me, he's 5-8 and eight against the spread. So um, we see him being more effective as an underdog later in the season. 24-15-2 and two against the spread, 61.5% cover rate week five or later. Uh, but first four weeks of the season, 38.5% against the spread. It's not unlike Green Bay teams to start out slow. This summer, I kind of predicted that they would start out 2-2 two and two with a loss to the Vikings and the Bucks in the first month of the season. And so I think I'm going to stick to that. Uh, Tom Brady... Since going over to Tampa, uh, the Bucks are 6-0 and straight up and against the spread following a game where they scored 21 or fewer points, and they cover by an average of 16.3 points per game. Not saying it's going to be a blowout, but it's possible if Green Bay, um, you know, Green Bay beat the shit out of the Bears last week, but the Bears, in my opinion, may be the worst team in the league, guys, um, if the Colts can get their shit together, but... Uh, yeah, one last stat here. Um, last 20 years, Brady, 28-12-1 and one against the spread, playing at home, coming off two or more consecutive road games. So off a road trip, coming back home, Brady likes getting comfortable back at home, 28-12-1 and one against the spread. Six and one straight up and against the spread with the Buccaneers in that situation. Um, all signs point to Tampa Bay for me here, and especially considering that the public is on Green Bay. Uh, Got to go with the Buccos this weekend. Next game I want to talk about is the Rams at the Cardinals. Another uh, 425 kickoff here. The Cardinals are three and a half point home underdogs over under 49 and a half. And this is one that I have a pretty strong opinion on. Uh, I like the Rams quite a bit in this spot. For me, first off, I'm looking to bet against Arizona coming off that epic overtime comeback last week. Um, a home back-to-back home games here where you're coming off a massive overtime comeback here. Kyler Murray kind of got to flex his nuts last weekend, get the whole, you know, video game Call of Duty jokes off his back for at least, you know, a, a week or a news cycle here. Um, I just think it's going to be hard to emotionally get up for another game here. They've been sitting at home for a week smelling their own shit after that comeback and the Rams, on the other hand, I think that um, people are maybe still a little bit too focused on the ass whooping that they endured from the Bills in week one on national television. And 
Um, I think this is maybe a, a potential get-right spot for the Rams here. Uh, Sean McVay is head coach of the Rams, 10-1 and straight up, 9-1-1 and against the spread against the Arizona Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray, 1-6 and straight up against the Rams in his career. Um, the Rams, 0-2 against the spread so far this season. That's due to regress. Uh, team starting out 0-2 against a team with at least one cover. Don't have the exact percentage in front of me. It is a very profitable trend over the long haul. Sorry for the vague trend there, guys. Um, you know, I was looking into this considering, you know, is there is there an angle for me to look at to take the Cardinals here? And I don't see much of one. I, I was considering maybe the Rams have a look-ahead spot here. Uh, they play uh, the 49ers in what theoretically should be for the division, although this Cardinals team, you cannot rule them out right now. I just think the 49ers are looked at as more of the foe um, to the Rams here in order to grab that uh, NFC West title. And I thought about it. Um, initially, I thought that game was Thursday night, and then I looked at the, the, the schedule. It's Monday night. I don't think you look ahead to a Monday night football game necessarily. If it was on Thursday, I'd be more worried here on a short week. Um, but they actually have an extra day of rest here, and they still got to take care of Arizona before they worry about next week. I'm not concerned about the look ahead. Um, last thing that I do want to mention here, you guys know I like to look into my refereeing trends. The official here is Adrian Hill in 2021, home underdogs in games officiated by Adrian Hill, 2-5 and five against the spread. And so far this season, 0-1 against the spread for home dogs under Adrian Hill. Give me the road favorite here at a profitable clip, and let's see if we can get some help from the Zebras. Um, I, I, I like the Rams a uh, decent amount here. I just don't see this Cardinals defense being able to slow them down at all. It looks like an opportunity to me for the Rams to... Like I said, kind of get right. You know, the offense, they had a lot of success against Atlanta last week, kind of took their foot off the gas pedal. But this Cardinals defense just flat out sucks, guys. And uh, um, I, I like the Rams a lot here. So I'm going to pinch it off on this one. We'll move on to the next game. So we just talked about the Rams, talked about maybe a potential look ahead to the 49ers next week. So why not break down the 49ers matchup here? They head to Denver for Sunday night football. 49ers road favorite by one and a half points at time of recording over under 44 and a half. And for me, I, you know, I tried to sit here and come up with a reason to bet on the Broncos, you know, home in September non-conference opponent, high elevation against the early season conditioning angle. I tried, guys. Can't fucking do it. Looks like a smash spot to me for the 49ers here. Um, the, the Broncos are a shit show, and I was in on the Broncos this offseason, and it's really disappointing for me, but I have... Uh, it is cr it's crazy how quickly I have immediately abandoned any hope for Denver at all. This head coach is in so far over his fucking head. And I'm the kind of guy that when I hear every single sports show and every single social media page making the same jokes and pointing out the same narratives, I tend to try to be a contrarian in those situations and say, like, this is lazy analysis. People are overreacting. That's you guys know. That's kind of how I, in my gut, I tend to operate. No, people are spot on. Nathaniel Hackett's a fucking moron. Like the guy, I don't know 
who he had to blow to get this job or like what lies he told in that fucking interview room but it's insane to me i have russell wilson and Cortland sutton on both of my um like high stakes keeper fantasy leagues and i'm terrified right now the team is fucking shot this guy cannot figure out whether he wants to punt or kick field goals. Like, just basic-ass fucking shit like that. Doesn't know how to use his timeouts. Doesn't know how to call plays. He got hired in order to be this offensive, you know, not... I Guru, I guess, just because I can't come up with a better term. But he's supposed to be this guy that can, like, you know, Russell Wilson was held back in a conservative system in Seattle for his whole career. Now they're going to open things up. They're going to let Russ cook finally. You know, that's the whole thing. This guy's an absolute fucking asshat. He doesn't know how to call plays. He doesn't know how to put his players in advantageous positions. He doesn't know how to scheme guys open. He's calling fucking tight end end arounds like the guy the guy ran a fucking tight end sweep last week on third and one out of a fucking like wishbone formation like you shouldn't be running your tight ends laterally you really think that guy has the fucking quickness and speed to take to get to the edge on a defense it's just i don't want to rant here Let's get to some tangible stuff here because you guys can tell how I feel. The Broncos piss me off so much. It pisses me off that there are only 32 jobs in the N. There's only 32 jobs in the world to be a head coach in the National Football League. And this undeserving fucking schmuck is holding one of them. It absolutely blows my mind. So why are we betting on the 49ers? Well, you say Russell Wilson, he's great in primetime throughout his career, right? He is. 26-16-3 against the spread in primetime. That's good for 61.9%. However, last 11 in primetime, two and nine against the spread. That includes a five game uh, losing streak against the spread in primetime for Russell Wilson. Um, the market has caught up to him. He has not been clutch in the last few years, and ooh, the coaching situation does not inspire hope. San Francisco on the other end here. Uh, Jimmy G, 35 and 16 straight up, 29, 21, and one against the spread with the 49ers. Shanahan without Jimmy G, 8 and 29 straight up, 16 and 22 against the spread. What does that mean? Uh, Jimmy G is good for this 49ers team um it's a big momentum thing for me this is his first game back as a starter whether this team or this head coach or this organization wants to admit it they had a quarterback controversy on their hands with trey lance and they got bailed out big fucking time by that injury jimmy g bottom line probably the better starting quarterback right now for this football team just it's simple trey lance wasn't ready and we saw it and yeah that first week was a monsoon i get it but he didn't look much better the following week and what i'm saying is i think it's an it's an emotional lift it's a momentum thing for this 49ers team i think they're ready they're excited to have jimmy back and they're ready to go on a run here i could see this 49ers team really getting hot here um sean hockley is the official for this game you guys are gonna like this shit uh, Sean Hockley in 2021, road teams 11 and 5 straight up and against the spread. Road dogs 9 and 2 against the spread. Uh, San Francisco opened as a dog before the line quickly got uh, flipped here. Um, with the market, uh, just, you know, why would I bet on Nathaniel Hackett, right? <laughs> um, Sean Hockley, road team so far in 2022, 2-0 straight up and against the spread. So this guy... Over his last 18 football games, the road team is 13 
and five straight up and against the spread. The under is also uh, 13 and five in his last 18 games. Um, in 2021, 11 and five on the under, averaging 43.9 points per game. This year, two and zero on the under. His games have averaged just 36.5 points per game. Over under in this one's 44 and a half. And with Denver's offense looking as bad as it is. Give me the under. Give me San Francisco. We'll see if Denver can even fucking score because they basically have a kindergarten. Uh, I don't know, guys. I don't have the analogies right now. I'm just angry. So, um, yeah. Nathaniel Hackett. Jesus Christ, dude. All right. Wrapping this up. Give me the 49ers. Let's move on. Next game is the Chiefs and the Colts, and I guess this is just the angry rant section of the podcast because this Colts team looks so pathetically bad that I have to address it here. I bet on the Colts to win their division, and to be honest, still very, very possible, and to be honest, I think it's likely. I, I would still have them favored to win their division, but that's only because they're in the worst division I've ever seen in the NFL. The AFC West this year is the best division I've ever seen, well, at least coming into the summer before I found out what an absolute ass clown Nathaniel Hackett is. But um, the the South here, pathetic, right? Um, one win in the division. The Colts 0-1-1, Texans 0-1-1, Titans 0-2, and then we got the Jags at 1-1 here. What's going on, guys? Um, Colts are 5.5-point underdogs right now, over under 50 and a half. Weird fucking line. Seems like this should be a 20-point spread, at least. Um, my contrarian gut says take the points with the Colts. They're in a desperation situation here. And I'm trying to get to that, but I can't. I'm going to give you guys the Chiefs as a pick. I, I will not bet this one. Maybe I'm mad at myself that I overthought it. Contrarian gut on the Colts' head says there's no fucking way you can bet on this team. They're a mess. Matt Ryan has zero mobility, and their offensive line sucks right now. I talked in the offseason about the O-line being a strength of this team, and in, internally it is, or uh, on the inside, rather. You know, that left guard center position, one of the strongest duos in the NFL with Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, but everyone else sucks. Their left tackle just got benched. He was a converted guard from the Philadelphia Eagles, former sixth-round pick Matt Pryor, that they were starting at left tackle. Had no business being a left tackle in the NFL, at least on a starting level. And then uh, this backup that they have in for him, I, I don't remember who it is or what his background is, but it, he wasn't the starter over Matt Pryor, so how much better is it going to get? They can't protect Matt Ryan. He's been under constant pressure. They're not feeding Jonathan Taylor near, nearly enough. Excuse me. Yeah, he got 30 carries in Houston in week one, but that was mostly over the second half when they realized, hey, we suck. Let's just give it to Jonathan Taylor. And then for some reason, they didn't do that in Jacksonville last week. Chiefs are a very good football team. Let's get into some numbers here. Mahomes, 6-0 and straight up in domes throughout his career. Uh, defensive coordinator Gus Bradley for the Colts. Uh, in Mahomes' time playing against Gus Bradley defenses in the NFL, he has a 17-2 touchdown-to-interception ratio. So this zone defense and this cover two should not be a problem for Kansas City. The Colts, 0-10 straight up in their last 10 as a home dog. That said, 5-1 against the spread in their last 6 as a home dog. So they're losing, but they're covering. Maybe we see that here. 
Um, I will say an, a, another angle for the Colts side of things. I think this Chiefs team could potentially be in a in a flat, maybe look ahead spot here off a divisional win against the Chargers on Thursday night football. Haven't played in a week and a half, uh, and then they have Sunday night football next week against the Buccaneers. So again, you know, two nationally televised games, and now they have an zero and two Colts team. Um, you know, this Colts team, again, you know, fits that that mold of uh, winless teams facing a team with a win. Again, that's a 60.8 uh, cover percentage since 2010. And in the first eight games of the season, it's a 66.2% cover rate. So we'll see if the Colts can, you know, continue to fit that trend. I'm not so sure. Uh, Matt Ryan, 25-40 and one against the spread over the last five seasons. 38.5% uh, cover rate for Matt Ryan. And he doesn't look good. I'll say optimistically, you know, they're getting Michael Pittman back. Um, he was uh, removed from the injury report before time of recording here on Friday. So that's good news. But I can't in good conscience bet on a team that's looked this pathetically bad. And, you know, the NFL is a zigzag uh, league, and that's how I tend to operate. So if the Colts come out and somehow compete or even win this game, all power to them. It won't be with my money on them. I just can't do it in all good consciousness. So um, there are some angles to look at there. Like I said, maybe flat spot for the Chiefs. You know, maybe they, they sleep into this game, sleepwalk into this game with a primetime, you know, sandwich spot here. But I can't do it. Official pick, Chiefs, minus five and a half. Next game, we got the Saints as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Carolina. Carolina, the home dog here, over-under is 40-and-a-half. I do expect this to be a lower-scoring game considering these two defenses pretty strong. These two offenses, especially the quarterback position, pretty unreliable, right, and, and willing to turn the ball over. Um, so this is a game early in, the er, early in the week here, excuse me, I was pretty gung-ho on the Saints. My confidence has dropped a little bit looking into some of the situational spots. I still will pick the Saints minus two and a half. I'm I, there's a couple games here this week. You know the the car the excuse me the Panthers here is a home dog. The Patriots as a home dog. Um, I'll try and find some other ones here, but there's a couple spreads that are moving in directions that I just cannot figure out. I, I don't agree with it, and it's kind of another thing where my gut's saying one thing, my head's saying another. So I like the Saints here, but apparently some sharp line movement coming in on the Panthers. Um, got trends on both sides of this one. Um, negatives for the Saints here, Jameis Winston, 8-18-1 against the spread as a favorite. The Saints are 2-13 against the spread in their last 15 games versus sub-500 teams. Also in the Panthers' favor, dogs uh, win total, uh, excuse me, dogs in point totals of 42 or less. They fit that trend, 60% against the spread since 2018. And winless teams facing a team with a win, of course, they fit that one as well. 60.8% since 2010. First half of the season, 66.2%. So there's some sharp money coming in on the Panthers. They have a couple trends going in their direction, but you can also, you know, you can manipulate trends on both sides here. Baker off a loss. Um, 
six and 15 and one against the spread since 2019 least profitable quarterback against the spread in the NFL over that span. Um, Panthers 0 and nine straight up and against the spread in their last nine football games. Uh, lastly referee for this one, Carl Sheffers. And for me, sometimes that is the tiebreaker. That is the deciding factor. Uh, Carl Sheffers road teams, 10 and six against the spread last year, two and zero against the spread this year. I'll take the road team. I'll take the better team. I'll take this saints defense against baker mayfield all day every day and if they lose hey that that one's on me um saints really dominated that game last week against the bucks got absolutely fucked by sean hockley that goddamn referee that i told you is going to win us our 49ers game this week well he he won that game for the bucks last week too if you guys didn't watch absolute bullshit um unnecessary roughness call on a third and eight forcing the bucks to punt with six minutes left in the game um guy was just making a tackle he tried to tackle a guy and apparently that's illegal in modern day nfl literally like called helmet to helmet contact for a safety trying to tackle a tight end uh that's not a fucking rule guys like that's what part of that is unnecessary and what part of that is rough like if anything create a penalty called necessary roughness and then the ref can come out and say he was too mean to the guy. I didn't like it. Here's 15 yards. But create a new, come up with a new fucking word because unnecessary roughness does not fit the description anymore because guys are being flagged for very necessary plays. If you're a defender in the NFL and you don't try to tackle a guy that's trying to pick up a first down or a touchdown, you you get cut. But then if you do tackle him, you get a penalty flag. Blows my mind. Sorry, guys, but... Holy fuck. Give me the Saints minus two and a half. My point there is they should have beat the Bucks last week. They should be 2-0. and This is a good Saints team with a great defense, and I will take it um, as an advantage over Baker Mayfield 10 times out of 10. So this next one is a, uh, a specifically painful game for me from an emotional standpoint. We have the Eagles heading to Washington to take on the Commanders as a six and a half point home dog. Uh, over-under is 47.5, and, and this is our first matchup against Carson Wentz. Interesting, man. Uh, I want to make this one short because, to be honest, my whole breakdown is going to be biased and emotional, and we don't really need to spend time on it. Um, couple trends. The ref is Ron Torbert. Uh, he's an under god. The under was 11-5 and five with Ron Torbert last year, averaging 43.8 points per game, and the under is 2-0 and this year, averaging just 28.5 points per game in Ron Torbert's contest this year. I like the under in this one as well. Seems like a contrarian play to me with both these teams putting up plenty of points in the last excuse me in the first two weeks of the season but that ref I think is going to pull some funky shit when in doubt take the under in Torbert's games um the look ahead line last week before the Eagles blew out the Vikings on Monday Night Football the look ahead was a pick in this spot and fuck man I can't believe this sucks this sucks I'm picking Washington plus six and a half this sucks I don't want to do this. I want to come on the podcast and tell you guys the Eagles are going to blow them out. Carson Wentz. See, Mike, this is fucked. Um, (laughs) My head is saying that Carson Wentz is um, going to be a nervous wreck and he will not be prepared to play this Eagles team. If it was in Philly for me, smash spot, Eagles blowout win. Um, The number's weird to me, man. Six and a half with a home dog here. Um... 
I, I have to take the points. It's, again, head is saying one thing, gut is saying another thing. Gut is telling me that six and a half with Washington, I mean, that the spread moved six and a half points off of one Eagles win. It's too much. Um, Eagles, very good team, but let's not forget they, they didn't even cover four and a half in Detroit. So I'll take the home team with the points here. I'm really going to be pissed off if the Eagles lose this game. Um, very, very pissed off, but it's not really worth uh, spending some time on here. I don't have much more um, statistical shit for you guys. I'm too close to this game, and I'm picking against the Eagles, so not even really sure what I'm saying at this point, but let's just move on because um, my brain is in a fucking pretzel right now. So next up, we got the Ravens as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite in New England here, New England, the home dog, over under 44 and a half. This game is fucking with me too. I feel like the Ravens is a no-brainer play here. But the the number and the cash splits and the situation, fucking with my head here. Again, I'm going to pick the Ravens, minus two and a half here. But there's some shit telling me that this this line is all sorts of fishy here. Belichick, 13 and five against the spread as a home dog. Um, so he knows how to cover as a home dog. He's 6-0 and straight up at home against the Ravens. Um, you know, he wins this matchup against Harbaugh, which is concerning. The Ravens on paper are such a better team. I'm a little uh, conflicted as to how they bounce back from that Dolphins loss last week. My thinking is that they bounce back angry and pissed off and will um, be ready to handle business here. Uh Lamar Jackson, 10-0 straight up, 7-3 against the spread uh, the week following a game where he scored 35 points or more. Um, this is a tough one for me to pick. I'm going with the Ravens again. There's a few games here where there's some sh- there's sharp action coming in on New England. They're a home dog. There's some trends going in that direction. On paper to me, the Ravens should be able to handle this. I don't think this Patriots offense is going to be able to keep up, really. But if Belichick finds a way to scheme against the Ravens' offense, um, I think that's how they do it. they got to keep this one low scoring, and they they got to keep it ugly. And we'll see if they can do that. I'm not going to pick it. But the referee in this spot, Bill Vinovich, I will say the under 10-6 and 6 in Vinovich's games in 2021. Average 50, excuse me, average 45, excuse me, 45.6 points per game. Um, this year, the unders one and one averaging 46.5 points per game. So, um, nothing pushing me in either direction. I'll, I'll lean Baltimore here minus the two and a half for sure. I mentioned Belichick 13 and five against the spread as a home dog, but only 10 and eight straight up and two and a half doesn't give you many points to cover here. So Ravens with low confidence, I guess, um, weird, weird slate for me, guys. These games are tough this week. Next game, we got a divisional matchup here. Lions at Vikings. Vikings are a home favorite of five and a half right now, over under 53 and a half. Give me the over and give me the Vikings minus five and a half. This, I believe, highest over under of the week here. And just you should put the Lions games as the highest over under every week. No defense, great offense. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I won't take an under game or an under in a Lions game until I see some shit drastically change here. Lions can move the ball very, very well. Um, 
Amon Ross St. Brown is a fucking dog. Their running game is incredible. DeAndre Swift looks incredible. They can put up points. I'm leaning with the Vikings here because I just I see it as kind of a contrarian play here as far as Detroit actually getting upwards of uh, about 60% of the action here on the road. I'm not ready to take this Lions team coming off a win. They got to show me that they can handle winning and then being able to come back and, and duplicate that effort the next week. They have to show me that before I'm ready to take it. Um, Dan Campbell is four and 14 and one straight up as a head coach, but he's 13 and six against the spread. So he does cover numbers. It's concerning to me, you know, this number coming from, I believe six being driven down to five and a half this week. Um, it is a big number. I, I'm going to lay it with Minnesota here. Don't love it, but what's given me a little bit of confidence, John Hussey's the referee and you know, these guys like to fix fucking games. Uh, 2021, the home team was 11 and five straight up and against the spread with John Hussey, the home favorites eight and four against the spread last year. So I'll take it. I think that this Vikings offense is going to get back on track. They lost, uh, pretty pathetically in Philly last week on Monday night football, but that was a horrible situational spot. Eagles home opener, Kirk Cousins with a rookie head coach in his first road game in a hostile primetime Philadelphia crowd. Get the fuck out of here. That was never going to work out. Uh, at home versus the Lions defense, much different situation. A lot of points in this one. Big, big, big Justin Jefferson game after getting shut down by Darius Slay last week. I don't know what Justin Jefferson's props are right now, but this could be the lowest his stock is all season coming off. Like I said, Darius Slay really getting the best of him in that matchup. Jefferson is maybe going for 200 this Sunday. So I'll take the Vikings uh, minus five and a half here at home. Next matchup is the Raiders heading out to Tennessee to take on the Titans as a one and a half point home dog over under 46 and a half. And this is one where I was trying to figure out how to pick the Titans as a home dog and I cannot do it. I'll take the Raiders as the road favorite here by one and a half. Raiders at least have looked competent. I mean, really, they shoulda, coulda, woulda beat the Cardinals last week. This Titans team looks flat out awful. I have major concerns about the offense, and they are, for me, on the no-bet list until I see any sort of fight out of them. And it kills me because I am a big Mike Vrabel guy. Love, love, love Mike Vrabel. He is going to have a fucking stroke on the sidelines this year because... Tannehill sucks without A.J. Brown and a strong play-action game. The play-action is kind of fucked right now because teams are not afraid of their perimeter weapons. Robert Woods has never been an explosive guy. He's a chain mover, and he's coming off an ACL tear you know, in a system that's not necessarily that scheme-friendly for receivers. And Traylon Burks is a rookie who they, you know, basically they, they, they bet the season on the fact that Traylon Burks could be A.J. Brown week one of his rookie season. It's pretty clear that he's not A.J. Brown right now. I just can't bet on them. The, the Raiders here, um, they're coming off that overtime loss to the Cardinals, and I do worry about that because that was a big... You know, anytime you're coming off a big emotional game like that and a letdown, it's tough. The the Titans coming off a blowout, that could be a, you know, bury, bury the tape kind of game and let's just come out, okay, season starts right now, forget the first two weeks. And that's 
that's kind of where I wanted to go with this, but I can't take the Titans with how gross they've looked. They're 2-7 and seven against the spread in their last nine against teams with a losing record. They're 1-5 and five against the spread in their last six at home against the Raiders. Um, the referee here, Brad Rogers, the overs 10 and six averaging 50.8 points per game, which is interesting considering that the Titans, um, can only score 10 points in every game. I don't see this one going over, but that's a trend that I wanted to point out for you guys. It's 46 and a half on the over under, but I would see this one going under if I had to guess. I'll take the Raiders on the road. You know, I hate to give you guys episodes like this, but I don't love a lot of these games. Really, so far, I think my favorite bet is the Rams minus three and a half and probably the 49ers. But some of these are tough for me here, guys. So we'll keep pushing through and we'll wrap this up. I'm going to give you the Raiders as the pick there. But some of these spreads this week, gross. Nine home underdogs this week, and it's tough to navigate through. So this is another game where kind of my gut's saying one thing, my head's saying another thing. The Cincinnati Bengals are favored by, I believe, five and a half, was four and a half earlier in the week. I'll have to look up the most recent number here. Over-under is 45 and a half. Bengals and Jets. Jets coming off that huge comeback in Cleveland. You can't bet the Jets two weeks in a row to win a football game. You can't even bet them to cover. This Bengals team needs to bounce back in a big way. I have to pick the Bengals laying the points here. That said, there's some sharp money coming in on the Jets this week, guys. I can't fucking figure it out. I won't bet on the Jets two weeks in a row. You guys know I was all over them plus six and a half last week. But a desperation Bengals team that needs to get right this weekend, I don't see how you bet against them. I, I know I have my, you know, winless team or winless teams trend here. You know, it goes in favor of the Bengals, surprisingly. You would think the Jets would be the 0-2 team here. Um, but winless teams, 60.8% uh, against the spread uh, since 2010. First half of the season, 66.2%. So I like the Bengals to be able to handle business here. I think they can cover the number. Um, I would hope that they can protect Joe Burrow in this. That's really what it's going to come down to. And the Jets actually don't have a horrible pass rush. So if, if the Jets do end up keeping this one close or even winning, that's how it's done is that the, the O-line struggles just still continue for Cincinnati. But I can't. It's another one where I just can't tell you guys to take the Jets in this spot despite some of the trends, some of the sharp, sharp action some of the numbers here. I mean, a team hasn't started 0-3 following a Super Bowl appearance since 2002 when the Rams did it. The Jets haven't won back-to-back -back games since December of 2019. And the ref here, Jerome Boger, home dogs 0-4 against the spread last year for Jerome Boger. Uh, also 10-6 and to the over last year, averaging 45.1 points per game. Over-under here, 45.5, worth noting. Uh, the over 0-1 for him this year. But, uh, yeah, give me the over here. Give me the Bengals offense to bounce back. Uh, give me the Jets defense to struggle. And give me the Bengals to cover. Next game, another one where, you know, my instincts are going one way. The sharp money's coming in another way. I like the Chargers minus seven here. They're at home. They're facing the Jaguars. Um, the Chargers to me look like a Super Bowl contender where the Jags don't. The over-under is 47.5. That said, there is some sharp action coming in on Jacksonville here. Um, I think this line might have dropped down to 6.5 before I started recording. I don't get it, okay? I, I think that the 
the path for that is that the Chargers still can't stop the run effectively, and James Robinson has a big day. And I, I could see it. I could see it. I'm considering starting Robinson in the flex this week. I could see it. But are we really... I'm not I'm not there to just be I, I think the Chargers are a good team. I think the Jags are still a below average team. That's just kind of where I'm at. Like I'm not afraid of this seven. I think the Chargers can win by a touchdown here, I would hope. Justin Herbert's ribs, concerning for sure. Referee Craig Wolstred, concerning. 2021, home team, six and ten straight up, seven and nine against the spread here. So that's not great when we need to cover a touchdown. That said, the Jaguars 0-18 straight up in their last 18 road games, going all the way back to December of 2019 is when the last time the Jags won on the road. Um, Doug Peterson here historically does well traveling to the West Coast, handled business several times in his stint with the Eagles as the head coach there. It's tough, man. A lot of shitty games this week, and I hate to just, you know, not give you guys strong opinions. I'll take the Chargers minus seven, but there's some sharp action coming in on the Jags that I can't quite figure out. Um, Usually, you know, I like to kind of, I I really like to side with the money, but it's tough for me. I, I, I like to side with the money when it aligns with my gut, and this week, that's not really happening. A lot of my gut plays and the sharp action did not line up, so that's why you guys are getting some pretty soft shit from me in this episode. Sorry about it. Give me the Chargers minus seven here. Next game, we got the Cowboys and the Giants. Monday Night Football. Giants are home favorites, one and a half over under 39 and a half. How the fuck are the Giants 2-0? and Can somebody please tell me? I guess it's because they played the Titans and Panthers. I didn't think the Titans would be this bad coming into the season, but holy fuck, we just talked about them. Some really disappointing teams here. Specifically, you look at the, I guess, the Titans, the Colts, and the Broncos. Just those offenses fucking stink. Um, The Giants are home favorites here to a Cowboys team coming into their second game without Dak Prescott. Cooper Rush obviously taking care of business last week against the Bengals. Um, But uh, the past five seasons, in games where a backup QB is making their second consecutive start, um, they are 17-34 and straight up. Uh, The thinking is that um, there's there's a week of film. Right. So a, a team can get up for a Ewing theory, which is if you got injured player theory, basically a team rallies around your quarterback goes down. You can win a game here, or cover a game or whatever, because everybody else kind of steps up. You make up for the deficiencies. You say, OK, well, we don't have Dak Prescott today. So everybody on the O-line, you got to play just a little bit better. All of our receivers, you got to focus a little bit more on your routes this week, you know, things like that. And it actually does have a tangible uh, effect where you, you see it being pretty fucking profitable more often than not. I think that's what happened last week with the Bengals. Add on top of that, the Bengals Super Bowl hangover. Um, So Dallas able to steal one last week. Unfortunately for me as a guy who has the Giants under seven and a half wins this season, they're about to start three and oh, I can't fucking believe it, but the cards are just kind of uh, falling that way. You know, the ball is bouncing in the Giants direction here. Um, But I I, I do think they take care of business here. I mentioned um, the backup QB 17 and 34 straight up in their second consecutive start since 2022. They're six and 16 straight up. It's just not going to happen for Cooper Rush in back to back games. I will say concerning Daniel Jones 0-8 straight up in primetime throughout his career, and this is another game with an over-under of 42 or lower, underdogs being Dallas, uh, covering at 60% since 2018. 
I don't care. I'll take the Giants. I think their defense is able to shut down whatever Dallas tries to throw at them with Cooper Rush in this game. It's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, we got the referee, Land Clark. Uh, last year, the under went 10-6, and six, averaging 42.3 points per game. Uh, this year, under is 2-0, and 0, averaging 35.5 points per game. So I'll give you the under and the Giants as the pick here. Um, last year for Land Clark, home teams, uh, I believe, sorry, guys, 10-5-1 straight up, 9-6-1 against the spread. Those numbers are wrong. 11-5-1 straight up, 9-6-1 against the spread. So... Giants. Land Clark loves the home team. 11-5-1 straight up last year. Yeah, Giants are going to go 3-0. and Fucking A. Two more gross games to break down, and then we're going to wrap this one up. We've got the Falcons at the Seahawks. 425 kick. Seattle minus 1.5 home favorites here over under 41.5. This one's pretty easy for me. The wrong team is favored. I will take Atlanta here, making their trip out to the West Coast. Um... Underdogs uh, over under 42.5. That's our 60% against the spread since 2018 with Atlanta here in a low-scoring game. Also, since 2010, winless teams, 45-29-1 against the spread. First half of the season, 43-22-1 against the spread. So Atlanta, 0-2 this season, takes on the 1-1 Seahawks. Seahawks are lucky to have a win, but considering the fact that they do, they fit our trend there. So it plays into Atlanta. I like Atlanta in this spot with some pretty high confidence. They at least look competent. Seattle really was gifted a win in week one by um, back to incompetence. You know, speaking of which, Nathaniel fucking Hackett. Um, if, if there was an eight-year-old who had access to, like, Madden, he could have won that game for the Broncos just using his fucking controller and the Broncos playbook. Like... Nathaniel Hack let's not let's not do this. Let's not do this. The Seahawks should be 0-2. That's what I'm saying here, guys. Um, so the fact that they have a win here does not impress me, does not scare me. This Seahawks team could honestly go 1-15, 1-16 this year, and it wouldn't surprise me. Um, they just don't deserve to be favored here. Atlanta has shown that they can at least move the ball. They have some weapons. Geno Smith, as much as I like the guy, he doesn't impress me. He doesn't instill confidence. He is 9-1 and against the spread as a starter in his last 10 starts, which is a little fucking weird. Um, but gut is all over Atlanta in this one. I just think they're the better team and that they should not be an underdog. So, um, yeah, that's it. Give me the Falcons here. There's no real strong ref trend. The, uh, the ref in this one, his name's Trey Blake, and he's actually a... A rookie official. I will say that his uh, overs are two and zero this year, averaging fifty point five points per game. The over under in this one only forty one and a half. I get that the offenses aren't great, but the defenses aren't great either. So maybe we could see this one going over. Um, but I like Atlanta on the spread. Last game, my take on this one, pretty similar to my take on the Falcons game. The wrong team is favored here. I know it's in Chicago, but the Bears don't deserve to be laying points to anyone. Uh, Chicago minus two and a half here. Taking on the Texans, uh, 40 and a half is the over under. Yeah, man. I mean, the Texans, they're not great, but they're better than the Bears. Um, you know, they tied the Colts. They hung around with the Broncos. 
Now, those are two offenses that are broken. I totally get it, but so is Chicago. So what are we really talking about here? The Texans' defense has shown that it's you know slightly okay this year, surprisingly. Um, the Bears' offense is the worst in the league. I'm confident in saying that. Even with the struggles of the Broncos and the Colts and the Titans, they at least have situations or, or something in the algorithm that says to me, maybe it gets better. Like the Broncos have Russell Wilson. The Colts have Jonathan Taylor. The um, Titans have Mike Vrabel. Like there are at least things to kind of inspire hope. Chicago has fucking nothing, guys. If you want to be a Justin Fields guy, go for it. But he's not a player that's going to elevate his team unless he, you know, he's got to have something to work with here. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. It's Justin Fields. And the O-line sucks, and all they can do is run the ball. Justin Fields has thrown 17 times in two games, and it's because the offense sucks. There's no pass catchers. Nobody can get open. They can't protect him. So... Um, super conservative play calling and the head coach is a defensive minded guy. So it's not going to get better anytime soon. The Texans, again, it's just a team that's shown competence to me versus a bears team that needed a monsoon to be gifted a win. And they could not win. The The Bears might not win another game until Thanksgiving, legitimately. So I'm going to take the Texans. And I actually like the Texans a decent amount here as a two and a half point dog. I think they win this game outright. So that's going to do it for me, guys. I'm sorry that this was not my strongest episode. To be honest, these games are a little bit difficult for me this week. And coming off a bit of a rough week last week, I'm trying to be a little conservative here with my bets this weekend. So we'll see We'll see how it goes. There are some strong trends here to be played on, um, some contrarian angles. There's nine home dogs. Pick the ones that you like here. But um, I'm sorry that it wasn't my most confident episode. I, I, I will say that. Hopefully week four, we like some of these spreads a little bit more. But uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you guys for listening and sticking with me here despite the lack of confidence. Uh, check out the Instagram page Sunday morning for final picks and my top three spread uh, over under and underdog picks of the week. Until then, that's it for me, guys. Ramble on.